Welcome to Plant-Based on Fire, the podcast that ignites your passion for plant-based businesses. Real Men Eat Plants is proud to host this show, where we shine a spotlight on the latest and greatest plant-based companies making waves in the industry. From startups to established brands, we'll explore what sets these businesses apart, what challenges they've faced, and what their vision for a more sustainable and ethical food future looks like. So if you're hungry for some fresh insights, inspiring stories, and a healthy dose of entrepreneurial spirit, then join us on Plant-Based on Fire, brought to you by Real Men Eat Plants. Hello and welcome to Plant-Based on Fire. I'm your host today, Brian, and we are thrilled to have another amazing plant-based business joining us today to discuss uh, the plant-based lifestyle. Um, today we have Theo, and he is the co-founder of Theo's Plant-Based and innovator of the world of sustainable food. Theo's making waves with his delicious beet jerky a product that champions zero waste practices and supports regenerative agriculture as well. He's redefining the plant-based food industry one vegetable at a time. So okay. welcome, Theo. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. How did my introduction go? I mean, this I'm, I'm super excited. Great. I like the one vegetable at a time thing. I think that was new for me. <laughs> I, you know, I've been doing uh, the plant-based life for about 13 years now, and I can say the couple things that I miss are uh -huh. the smokiness and that barbecue-y flavor kind of a thing. That's okay. why I'm just so excited to talk to you today about uh, the jerky, because I've tried some of the mushroom jerkies, but I don't think I've ever tried beet jerky. Yeah, so well, you know, I'm not going to throw shade, but I will say ours is the best. <laughs> well, <laughs> I uh, just placed my order, so I wish okay. it had arrived here before um so i could show show a few I uh sent you some for free man oh i appreciate that but anyway i love to contribute to the plant-based businesses that's why we're doing this podcast to help promote yes. you and others so i ordered some it should be on its way and i will i will let you know how it stacks up against some of the mushroom ones i've tried cool. okay cool i always tell people uh unfiltered thoughts only so yeah, absolutely yeah i mean how are you going to get better if i if i uh right. shape it so yeah right. definitely we'll hit you with that right so tell us um how did this idea come about with uh, beet jerky and your your journey into this plant-based lifestyle yeah you know i started cooking as a teenager uh you know kind of classic story of uh you start as a dishwasher work your way up mm -hmm. um, i grew up in ann arbor michigan uh once I really started cooking, I got completely addicted to it, just the adrenaline and insanity of it all. Um, I went to the University of Michigan. Uh, I thought I was going to be a clinical therapist, but during that whole time there, I was cooking professionally, working on farms. Uh, when I graduated, uh, my grandmother was very disappointed because I went to go work in a restaurant once I got my degree. Uh, <laughs> I moved out to uh, New York and was cooking at a restaurant called Blue Hill Stone Barns, um, which at the time, and I still think is considered like the best farm to table, fine dining restaurant in the world. Very cool. So, you know, I worked there for about a year and what's so cool about working there for a year is you see the whole seasonal, um, you know, availability of all the different 
varieties of produce that come up, yeah. you know, on like a weekly or biweekly basis. And the menu's constantly changing based on what's most abundant and delicious. Uh, the restaurant's on a farm. Anyway, so I had all this experience from before, you know, I worked on farms. I was cooking, I actually cooked at a vegan restaurant for a while in college. Um, and all of that was really solidified in this very accelerated, intensive learning environment where I really got to get my hands on like every piece of produce you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And it really just changed my way of like my, just my perspective on what people should be eating and how like there's a real intersection of flavor nutrition and, you know, environmental friendliness that like is not being appreciated or tapped into in the CBG marketplace. And to be completely transparent with you, I thought the plant-based food section was kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, I thought, and still do think all that really hyper-processed stuff is just pretty misleading and not what people should be eating. And like the best vegan food has always been here and it's organic produce. And that's yeah. where the whole movement started. And like, you know, it used to be this cool thing that was about like eating whole foods and preparing your own food. And there was a emphasis on natural and organic. And like, here I am now with this cool knowledge and training. And it's like, how can I directly support organic regenerative farming from a really good quality input? How can we, how few steps can we take to turn it into something else that's, that can emulate qualities of a jerky, for example, you know, it's yeah. chewy savory and smoky but we're not trying to be it one-to-one -one, like taste smell texture nutrition it's like it is what it is let's just keep you know don't fuck up a good thing you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. that's what beet jerky what? is and that's that's what got me into it so i actually moved from new york to chicago for another michelin star chef job and then a couple weeks later COVID hit yeah and oh. um I was experimenting. I'm yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, I think like, you know, you listen to a lot of podcasts of food founders. It's like, it starts with sharing with your friends and then you yeah. get into one store and we are selling at farmer's markets and people loved it. And, um, you know, I got to a point where I was like, this is awesome. I was working 18 hours a day at this stupid little windowless commercial kitchen just to go sell at the farmer's market. It made no sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was the it was the evidence we needed to really scale it up. And my friend uh, Aaron Broadkey at the time, who was working in venture capital, who I'd known forever, he's been a food guy forever. Uh, he was the one that really was recommending to me to kind of you know take a step back and figure out how to scale it. And I also convinced him to quit his comfortable VC job to make <laughs> no money uh, being a founder. So yeah. <laughs> Him and I have been working together formally for about a year and a half, and it's been great. We've made a ton of progress. We're in Whole Foods Market. We're working on another really big retail chain, natural chain deal right now. And um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's um, the chaos is something I kind of need. I need that, yeah. that kind of intensity to perform and similar to the kitchen. I mean, it's a little better now because I'm not like in a stainless steel room for 20 hours a day, at least. <laughs> Take a breath of fresh air, but anyway, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I love it. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, I strongly propose that whole food plant-based diet, right? Let's get back to the core basics of it as much right. as we possibly can. Nature's right. packaging the apples and the bananas in the perfect form that we can take them from the grocery store without yeah. a bag or anything else. Right. But like, 
but I have to say Americans are just lazy, right? And they well, want and that we don't flavor. A, we, don't a, we don't have a food culture here. We really don't. Yeah. People don't know how yeah. to cook. You know, these these big companies, they're genius at selling convenience. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not against having treats here and there, you know, I'm a yeah. gut myself, but yeah. like, I just think it's problematic, especially when you're taking large populations of uneducated consumers that, you know, are kind of blind to what they see. And there's a lot of stuff out there that's, that's not too good for people. And sure. If you look at the, the, the metric of comparing it to factory farm beef in isolation, it's better, but like, come on, that's a pretty low bar. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's, it, there's not much integrity in the space. Um, yeah. Well, what talk to us about the, the regenerative farming side of this. So, I mean, yeah. you're, I guess I still am curious, like, how did you experiment out of all the 10,000 plus vegetables out there? How did you narrow it down to beets for the jerky side of it? And then right. like, what talk to us about the farming aspects there? Yeah. Uh, well, I think beets are really underused. Uh, For sure. They're, delicious. they're one of the healthiest foods on earth. Mm -hmm. They have a really polarizing reputation out there. Yes, they do. Uh, interestingly, <laughs> so do mushrooms, honestly, right? Yeah, I mean, right, people love yeah. or hate mushrooms. So, I mean, you know, at one point, nobody was eating kale and now everybody's got it in their fucking drinks and their yeah. salads and yeah. their chips and everything. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, you know, beets are, are delicious. I'm aware of their nutritional value. There's also some great benefits to using them on a manufacturing side, which is that they're really durable and you get good yields when you use them. You know, they're thick and very fibrous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way that we treat these vegetables, we're kind of highlighting the natural fibers and the food in the, in the beet. Uh, to create that chewy meat-like thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of the agricultural side, you know, my background runs deep with the organic regenerative. I worked on an organic biodynamic farm, uh, small vegetable operation, uh, and that really kind of shaped, like, not only from the standpoint of, like, how much better the stuff tastes, just kind of see. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You know, with regenerative organic farming, most of it comes down to like how can the natural ecology of the land around the farm and, you know, mainly looking at soil health and, you know, the biodiversity in the soil, how can that yeah. be like maintained and promoted and grown through like no till or low till and cover crop and rotating crops and things like that. So, you know, I mean, when I started this, when I was, I was buying beets from a local farm here and like, as we scale, that's something I'm never going to like compromise. So mm -hmm. I'm working with a bunch of, a bunch of really good organic farms that are doing the organic regenerative thing. Now, organic regenerative is not, uh, regulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like the organic certification where there's all these really stringent guidelines and you can't even say the word right now. It's kind of like, um, you know, uh, grass fed, for example, where it's like, I mean, grass fed's gotten a little more regulated, but you know, a lot of companies are claiming to be regenerative or that word kind of like the word sustainable, which yeah. should be, you know, should have some legal consequences for using improperly, but doesn't. 
Um, Are you going to the farms and, and holding them accountable and checking it kind of thing? Yeah I, yeah, I I have a ton of connections from, you know, this restaurant I was working at. They're like considered one of the leaders in regenerative organic farming in the world. Stone Barn mm-hmm. Center Agriculture. Uh, yeah. Look them up. They're pretty cool. So I, cool. I kind of had an in to a bunch of folks there and then still some of the farms around here like um, – Prairie Earth in Southern Illinois is a really cool farm that uh, I've been buying beets from since the beginning of this. And uh, we're not getting involved with anything that we're not really aware of. You know, I don't want to blindly just buy something because, you know, the organic certification in itself has become, um, you know, companies have lobbied and found ways around, you know, what it was intended to be, which is like no spray. And there's now like organic fertilizers that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. The world will find the loopholes, unfortunately. Yeah, right. yeah. The problem with the free market capitalist thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, it's not, the... you know, if you're going to add something to this marketplace that like, I mean, if you go to a Whole Foods, what, there's like 40,000 different products on the shelf. Like if you're going to add something that to a market that like it's not really needed like it better have some integrity because like Mm -hmm. come on like come yeah you know well i guess that that's interesting you know i i mentor quite a few businesses locally here in charlotte where i'm at and it is that challenge like how did you overcome some of the challenges like just to get into whole foods just to get the nutritional label on the packaging Mm -hmm. i mean the hurdle is high and the difficulty level is high to bring a product to market like you have. I have to say congratulations. Thanks. You know, I, um, I'm pretty obsessive and I bring the same intensity of that line cook to my work now. So That's awesome. <laughs> I think that gets me places. It can come at a bit of an emotional cause sometimes, but, um, you know, Aaron's got that drive too. And he's, um, you know, has equal credit in this really coming to life in a organized, sophisticated way. But uh, I mean, the organic thing alone is a huge barrier, not only on the cost side, which mm-hmm. screws margins, but also like if you're producing a certified organic product, the facility you're working with has to be certified organic. There's very, you know, it's, it's the minority of processing facilities out there. Mm-hmm. Not much incentive because it costs the facilities money um to run one yeah but when we started we, you know we raised some money to bring this to scale with no supply chain no manufacturing and no sales lined up and uh <laughs> you know i don't know it when you're when the stakes are there you can make it happen but i mean i cold called over 500 manufacturers and heard no from 499 of them um and one of I, them I was just talking with somebody else. It's that <laughs> consistency and that passion to follow through. Like you have to, you have to be able to accept the no and try again tomorrow, yeah. you know? So I mean, anybody else out there that's an entrepreneur, like if you don't already know this, it's like, don't take no personally because it's literally just part of your job. Like, yeah, I just applied for Lollapalooza and they told us no today. And I was like, right. Oh. But then it's like, you know what? You just roll with the punches and you keep going. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So, how do you how do you sort of i guess what advice would you give for other plant-based businesses trying to to get going and entering into the industry Mm, i think like true innovation comes from a place of you know your own experiences not just looking at trend reports so uh 
anybody out there developing products or has an idea that maybe um, isn't doesn't seem like where like the market is, well, go for it because weird shit often wins. Yeah. Uh, you know, two years ago, everyone was like, if your product's not like fucking impossible burger, then like you're fucked. <laughs> now like yeah. their sales are way down. So, you know, tons of people told me not to do this and like, I did anyway. Here so, you are. Hey, just, just jump in. I apologize. There's somebody at my door who will not stop ringing it. Oh, so you're good. Give, give me two seconds here. Okay. All right. If you've ever wanted to show off your plant-based lifestyle and do it in style, here's your chance. We have some of the most amazing t-shirts, hats, accessories, coffee mugs, and more at shop.realmeneatplants.com. We have statement t-shirts that will bring a smile to everyone's face. I love the I want tofu tonight tea. Plus, we have podcast teas, real women eat plants gear, real kids eat plants, and real people eat plants, just in case men, women, and kids didn't cover it all. Yeah, we love you and love that you want to show off that healthy lifestyle of yours. Again, check out our high-quality gear at shop.realmeneatplants.com and enjoy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can't, I mean, I've, I've built a couple of businesses myself and it's exactly that. And it, it's just, I try to mentor quite a few businesses and, um, you know, they, I can tell which ones have the passion to really push this through or, or not on that right. front. So, yeah. so what's next, what's next for Theos? I mean, you're, you're pushing forward on, on the beat side of it. You've got several different flavors and lines, but is there yeah. more to come? Are you happy with where it's at or what, what's on the future here? I mean, well, am I happy with where it's at? I wish, you know, but when you're on the inside, you only see the things that could be better. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I want to share this with, with the whole country. I want it to be nationally distributed and multiple retail chains and, you know, be the first beat jerky in every grocery store. Um, yeah. And prove to people that, you know, deliciousness and like real sustainability is a thing um, with a big nutritional component as well, obviously. Yeah. I think uh, what's next, we have a pipeline of about 16 SKUs of products that all fall under this thesis of vegetable forward, you know, simple, regenerative, organic. They mm -hmm. go into multiple sections of the grocery store. Uh, we're going to be doing a line extension of beet jerky flavors, releasing another vegetable jerky with a whole new another uh, agricultural cool. product. But, you know, we have vegetable replacements for seafood and, and uh, you know, refrigerated meat, things like that. I mean, the easiest part of this whole venture has been developing the products. I, you yeah. know, like... I used to cook, you know, under like insane standards for hundreds of people a day. It's like making one thing is not that hard. Yeah. Scaling it and sharing it with everyone safely and efficiently with good margins is really fucking hard. But like, yeah, yeah I, you know, we're excited to share more. Um, but for now, you know, we're really trying to establish ourselves, not grow too quickly. A lot of people crash and burn with jumping on every opportunity they get. Mm -hmm. like, we're starting, trying to like really establish strong relationships with strategic partners now and grow those, you know, we've said no to, to, you know, surface level, very nice cash grab opportunities because yeah. we want to 
be very careful and not spread ourselves too thin. And uh, Aaron, especially my business partner, gets uh, the main credit for that because he's really fucking smart in a lot of ways. I'm not. Um, yeah. Well, that's where it's yeah. so important to have that co-founder, I think. And and really, once once you've gotten over that initial hurdle, I think it's so important to figure out where where do i want to take the company like what does it want to be like you can cash out if you want or you can grow it and 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 do it like you said and try and get in every store so yeah well um, you know my dream someday is to open a a food and uh nonprofit, a farm and food center that uh you know would give healthy food access and education to people that don't really have that available. I mean, even Chicago alone is like one of the biggest food deserts in the country. Yeah. Well, like half the population here. And it's like, it's not only access, it's like knowing what to do with raw, you know, inputs and how to cook. And, you know, a lot of people don't have time that are working really hard. And Just I think it's really yeah just picking up a can of beans and knowing that's got too much sodium in it. Right. Right. It's just, so, it's just, yeah. I think it would be really cool someday to to pivot to if I can have the, you know, the financial freedom to do so, to do something um, a lot more community oriented uh, and really try to kind of get my hands dirty again and, and support people and give them dignity through food. So, well, I was very, yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with your website. It's a beautiful looking website. It was super easy to order. I'm so excited to to taste it and see what that uh, flavor hits my hits my tongue. Um, so I'll definitely get you some feedback for sure. I Please. I checked your map and I do see obviously you're all over the Chicago area, but um, you know I'm in Charlotte, so I'm hoping some people are listening to this and uh, are going to help uh, spring you up in the 15th biggest city in America here. Yes. And um, how, how do people, how do people um, find you and, and where can we tag you and, and learn more about your yeah. uh, awesome so product? You can, of course, go to theosplantbase.com uh, and order there. Also, from amazon.com, if you type in Theo's plant-based beet jerky, you could get some bags there. Uh, we are on social media at Theo's Plant Based. You can see me doing a bunch of dumb shit online. <laughs> um, and we are in every Whole Foods in the Midwest. You can find us in the functional snack section, which is near the kale chips and the dried fruit and the other healthy snack options. So um, every package has one big ass upcycled beet in it. Uh, it's got a compostable package. The beets are dried at a low temperature, which keeps all the nutrition from the raw beet to the final product. So I think you'll like it. And if you don't, hit me up and I'll give you your money back. I love it. <laughs> I look forward to trying it. Thank you so much, Thea, for spending a few minutes with us. How else can the community that we have um, at Plant Based on Fire uh, support you? Um, buy I more think, beets. Buy more beets. I think, uh, you know, I think I always tell people like, don't put your money towards buying my stuff if you really care about, you know, the environment and and um, the food industry. Go to your local farmer's market, find your, find your organic farmers and give them the money. I don't need it. Yeah. So that's what you should do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, people in transition that, that need those bridges. And I think yeah. you're supplying some great products that can help people make that jump into exactly that kind of lifestyle. So 
Again, thank, thank you so much, Thea, for jumping in with us for a few minutes. That's all the time we have for this episode of Plant-Based on Fire. So thank you so much again for sharing your insights with us, Theo. And uh, until next time, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Thank you, guys. And that's a wrap for this episode of Plant-Based on Fire. We hope you enjoyed learning about the innovative plant-based businesses we featured today and got inspired to support them on their journey. Remember, plant-based eating isn't just a trend. It's a way of life that benefits your health, the environment, and animals. By choosing plant-based foods, you're making a positive impact on the world and helping to create a better and more compassionate future. If you want to join the Real Men Eat Plants community and get even more resources to help you go and stay plant-based, check out our blog, podcasts, and 30-day challenge at realmeneatplants.com. Thank you for tuning in to Plant-Based on Fire, brought to you by Real Men Eat Plants. Head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review and let us know what you think of this episode. Don't forget to tag us at Plant Based on Fire when you share this episode in your preferred social media. Wish to be a guest? We need to know about your plant-based business. Email us at pbof at realmeneatplants.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Thank you to our guests and to you, our listeners, for your support and see you next time.